Good evening, fans. Tim Kittrow here, the voice of NBA Jam. And you're listening to the Game Dev Breakdown Podcast, brought to you by CodeWritePlay.com. Whoa, boom shakalaka. My mom gave birth in 1985. I was blue within a Pac-Man ghost, barely alive. In the Cold War, my only blanket was Tetris. I played Rampart with Reagan Rampage, the world for breakfast. The laundry mat was my sexuality. Hey, everybody. Todd Mitchell here. Welcome back to Game Dev Breakdown. I am back in town. I spent... Uh, you might hear my son in the back of this. I don't know what else to do. I'm out of time to put this episode out. I am back in town. I spent a good portion of the weekend driving and hanging out with the family. I spent today running around trying to fix a citation I got last week for registration that expired two months ago. I never got any mail. But that's my responsibility, so I'm not falling back on that. It was just... It was kind of a huge middle finger, considering I was dropping my kid off at preschool at the time, and he fo- the officer followed me into the lot, lit me up, I pulled into a parking space for drop-off, and we sat there for a good 20 minutes while everybody looked around like I was some kind of drug dealer or something like that. Uh, I had had a clean driving record for like 15 years before that. <laughs> Today I tried to get it all taken care of, which involves fixing it having an officer sign the citation, going to the court clerk, paying the court fees. Get this, they said I fixed it too early. They didn't go check the records. They wouldn't take my money. They said, come back later in the week. Now, I've shared some relatively conservative viewpoints on this podcast in the past, but you tell me that system isn't designed to trip people up and lead to warrants, arrests, guilty verdicts, impounded cars, tow fees, you name it. Could not fix the ticket until closer to the court date. Even the officer downstairs said, They should have this by now. You can just go upstairs to the top of the steps and knock it right out. The court clerk literally laughed in my face. She goes, Whoa, you can't pay this in the first week. And I'm like, You can't even check for it. No, no, not before Thursday. And we do not take card payment when you come back. And I'm like, Yeah, they, but they, downstairs, they said, No, no, seven days. Okay. So yeah, I'm I'm pissed off that I pay to get treated that way in front of my kids' school. I know a lot of people are getting it worse than I am on that front, needless to say. Let's just say I get the argument that this is a predatory system. I absolutely agree. Bullshit. Anyway, interesting topic came up today. My buddy Krister Katila, a.k.a. McFunkyPants on Twitter, was philosophizing about the finer points of NDAs. And he uh, even speculated that NDAs aren't really dangerous, asking if anyone could point out situations where anyone was found guilty of violating one and actually forced to pay. Let me clarify a couple of things. Uh, before we go further, let's, let's clarify what an NDA is. An NDA is a non-disclosure agreement. There are a few situations where you might be asked to sign one. Say uh, you're about to do a little contract work for a game publisher. They may very well ask you to sign a contract saying you will not disclose anything related to the project for a set period of time, often until the publisher makes that information public. And they, they won't tell you anything until you sign it. So I've signed a ton of them. They're very common. I've, uh, I've even verbally agreed to some in the past and kept them because that's the thing. I've worked in uh, professional software for a long time, and it's just a way of life. So uh, I'll admit you don't hear a ton about them because usually everybody just abides by them and, and goes on with life. 
I am not looking to put out a cheap show about this. I consider Krister a friend. He's been very kind to me in the past. I enjoy chit-chatting with him casually. So I, uh, I did prod him about this idea because I was surprised by it uh, before just like running off to bang together a show. Uh, but he, he's, I say this with a smile on my face, he's kind of doubled and tripled down throughout the day on this issue. Um, I think he's kept a smile on his face too while discussing it, but he really seemed to want to challenge the idea that violating an NDA is dangerous. And based on one of his later tweets, he seemed to think that we even should violate them. I'm going to discuss this topic because I think it's a good one. Uh, this is in no way an effort to put Christer on blast. I told him that already. If you don't follow at McFunkyPants on Twitter, you absolutely should. He's a great force in the community, and I'm happy he's around. But good lord, do I disagree with this. This just this idea. Um, I kind of wish I knew more about where he was getting this idea and more about what he wants out of the discussion, other than to sort of challenge a belief. Um, I think we should poke and prod at our beliefs. Uh, I upset a lot of people that way sometimes, but I think it's for a good cause, and I hope people take it in stride. But I do absolutely believe you should accept and abide by the terms of any NDA that you sign. As we sometimes do here on the podcast, I'm going to give you my thoughts, then I'm going to try to back it up with evidence from smarter people. So, my thoughts. Number one, when you sign an NDA... You're giving someone your word. You're saying, hey, employer, you chose to bring me in and trust me. My word is part of what I offer with this career and this work that I do. Uh, your secrets are safe with me. So file this under right thing to do. I think some people don't look at it this way because they feel like you don't have any ethical obligations to a corporation. It's not that I think corporations are these high and virtuous entities, but I, I think you basically do have some obligations to them if they're entering into an employer-employee relationship with you. Furthermore, I don't think it's good for your spirit or your character to look a person inside that corporation in the eye and give them your word and then break it. I think that's bad for you as a person, and it exercises a muscle that you don't really want to get strong. Don't do this for a corporation. Do this for you. Number two, I said in discussion, I have seen people get in trouble and uh, get in trouble where Christopher's original words and the group that was discussing it sort of willingly let the goalpost drift to has anyone lost a court case and had to pay over an NDA? Fair enough. But I have seen people lose their jobs for violating an NDA. That's a big reason not to screw this up. That's more immediate. Like you lost money because you lost your job. I worked with some guys on uh, e-commerce software in the earlier 2000s, and one of the departments went across the street to, like, an Outback Steakhouse and celebrated an upcoming release at the bar in the restaurant. They told the bartender all about it, and I think what happened was the bartender used it for small talk when some upper management people came in to celebrate, like, maybe even later that day. I'm here to tell you, asses got kicked, and I'm pretty sure they came right back and canned a couple of people. Number three, the game industry is going to change in a lot of negative ways if publishers stop relying on NDAs. Content creators who get to come, you know, check out Far Cry a few months before launch, new journalists trying to work their way into the industry, new freelancers, a lot of people are going to have their opportunities dry out from under them if NDAs start getting violated on a regular basis. Number four, here's a big one. 
You do not need to lose a lawsuit to be financially obliterated by one. The only person who should want to win lawsuits is a lawyer. Everyone else's goal should be avoid lawsuits at all costs, period. So while our friend's argument was, show me someone who got threatened, then got sued, then lost the suit, then had to pay, I want to go the other direction and say, I can probably show you a number of people who got threatened, and honestly, you'd want to speak to a lawyer at that point already. But if we went out and found anyone who got sued over an NDA violation, I bet they regretted it. And I bet they lost a bunch of money, no matter what stage the suit was at, when it concluded. Number five, there is no reason to look at a relative lack of NDA suits in the game industry specifically. They happen in software all the time, and they happen in business all the time. And it's like getting hit by a train. Like, not that many people get hit by a train, but I would not stand on the tracks. Okay, enough of my thoughts. Let's see what we can learn about NDA enforcement in and around the game industry. Let's start with an example of losing your job over an NDA. The month is August of 2015. Nintendo fires a localization editor from their super-secret, quote, treehouse floor of their U.S. headquarters 10 days after he appeared on the Part-Time Gamers podcast without PR approval, something I ask all of our AAA guests to get before we do shows, at least now. He did not really reveal anything particularly interesting According to reports, he simply talked about his job and his life at Nintendo. It ended up getting a bunch of media coverage, which I cannot really relate to for any reason, and they fired him. Now, if NDAs were unenforceable, of course, he could have sued Nintendo for damages. But NDAs tend to hold up. Here's another one. Here's an ongoing case that was just filed in October... This comes from a Polygon article titled Epic Games Suing Fortnite Tester Who Leaked Chapter 2. This is by Nicole Carpenter. Nicole writes, A Fortnite user experience tester is being sued by Epic Games for spoiling Fortnite Chapter 2. Epic filed the lawsuit today in a North Carolina court alleging that Ronald Sykes, known online as Invisible Llama 9, I think that's a Twitter handle, Leaked information about Fortnite's now-revealed Chapter 2. End of quote. In the article, you can browse through the actual pages of the lawsuit, which in one place says, in paragraph 2, quote, Epic is suing Sykes because he broke his contractual obligation to keep Epic's secrets about the upcoming season of Fortnite, Epic's popular video game. End of quote. Uh, later in paragraph 10, Sykes' conduct constitutes misappropriation of Epic's trade secrets and breach of the terms of the non-disclosure agreement, to which he agreed in order to have access to the trade secrets he stole and publicly disclosed, damaging Epic and spoiling the enjoyment of many of Fortnite's players and fans. That one is still unfolding, to be fair. Uh, no judgment yet, no damages awarded yet. I feel like it's going to go that direction, but we'll have to see. Before that, let's talk about who's the most famous developer to get hit with an NDA violation and lose. It's probably some combination of John Carmack himself and Oculus founder Palmer Luckey. Ben Gilbert wrote an article for Business Insider in December of 2018 titled Facebook Just Settled a $500 Million Lawsuit Over Virtual Reality After a Years-Long Battle. What happened here 
was that Palmer Lucky invented the Rift uh, head, virtual reality headset, and he started Oculus. John Carmack gave him a few helpful little pieces and helped him spread the word while he was working for Xenomax. This legally made what John created Xenomax's property. Xenomax apparently did not push this issue right away because Oculus was tiny. Xenomax still had Carmack cranking out his brilliant little brain babies all over the place. Uh, well, Facebook acquired Oculus and convinced John Carmack to jump ship and come work for them. And really, this was John Carmack leaving to work on what he was already working on and excited about for Oculus. But from Xenomax's point of view, John Carmack was taking trade secrets with him because they should have been Xenomax's, technically, even if he made them to help Oculus. Legally, it does check out. That's not just my opinion. That's the opinion of a jury who awarded Xenomax $500 million for violations of non-disclosure agreements. The amounts broke down like this. Oculus, $200 million for the violation of Palmer Lucky's NDA with Xenomax. Oculus, $50 million for copyright infringement. Oculus, $50 million for false designation, uh, meaning lying about the origin of something, which was probably the intellectual property being discussed. Oculus CEO, Brendan Iribe. $150 million. Palmer Lucky, $50 million. As our friend Krister asked for, in the history of game development, a developer violating an NDA, getting sued, going to trial, judge bangs gavel, <coughs> developer is forced to pay. There you go, my friend. In addition to all the negative consequences, other than losing a judgment in court, I hope I have established here... <laughs> why you should absolutely not violate an NDA just as, like, freedom of expression or taking a swing at the man. Like, we don't hear about this more often because the cautionary tales are usually an effective deterrent. But the lawsuits can and do happen. So do not destroy yourself in the process of making a point. And if you have other good stories or other thoughts on this, feel free to send them my way. If you enjoy Game Dev Breakdown, please be sure to subscribe wherever you're listening to it right now. Consider leaving us a five-star rating and a review. That's a big help in growing out this community. If you want to join the War Room, you can check out what we're doing at patreon.com slash codewriteplay. See if it might be a good fit. News and show notes at codewriteplay.com and send topics and other feedback to at codewriteplay on Twitter. Thanks, everybody. Catch you soon.